Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 3. With your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, enjoy the show. Out. Boom! What's up, you guys? Byron <laughs> Rogers here, back with another episode of the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. I've got Ivor Terrett of Enablement Advisors with me again, back for a second episode. How you doing, sir? Great, Byron. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's an good. honor to have you back on the show. I was going to try the I was going to try the boom thing, but, but I'll just knock my computer. I'm not as well versed as you. <laughs> no, man. The boom is it. Like I don't know. I just. Originally, I was like, it was just kind of a thing that I felt like doing when I was getting myself into state to do a video. And um, then it turned into a thing. And so now, like, if when I'm coaching with my class or interacting with people, if I don't do the boom, now they call me out. I'll see in the DM and then the message is like, hey, man. I think it's awesome. I think that's awesome. Where, doing the it. boom at? I think that's great. No, thanks, man. So now it's just, it's the way, man. That's awesome. But um, yeah, I think you were with us. It was like season one towards the beginning of this whole thing, like two years ago. Wow. Time flies yeah. when it's a global pandemic. <laughs> That's true. That's, I mean, yeah, it's fast and slow at the same time, man. But um, yeah, how, well, I guess before we dig in, why don't you give us a little bit of a background for those of you who aren't familiar with you yet? Yeah, Sure. So I uh, own and run a small boutique consultancy called Enablement Advisors. We provide, everyone provides specialist solutions and you know bespoke solutions, yeah. so do we, right? So yeah, we provide specialist solutions, mainly strategic to governments, Fortune 100 and Forbes 20 listers. Um, it's a pretty nice space to be in. It's a clean space, it's a nice space. And uh, I've been in the industry, I'd say, Wow, I'm just thinking, <laughs> a, a year short of 30 years in this industry. And when I say in the industry, I'm including military service, police service. So just sort of, of 30 years of protecting people, which is really a, a passion, right? It's what we do. Oh, yeah. So what's, what's your saying about protectors? What is it? Uh, it's more what than just a job. It's more than no, just a no. job. You say right. something about trade. It's it's uh, protected by trade or by nature. Uh, protected by yeah, by protected by nature and by trade. You know, I like it. And it's it's true. The ones that are that go far, like the when I talk to guys and I've I've done great things. It's always like this is who I am. I you know this is what I, I I'm I'm doing. I'd be protecting no matter where I am or what I was doing. You know, uh, absolutely. And I, I've been doing it for a while and. Um, I don't do it physically anymore. What I like to do, we consult, I import knowledge. I, I help others avoid the mistakes that I've made and learn from successes as, uh, that I've had. Um, 
And I had a, uh, a short stint where I was in the high-tech industry. I worked for a startup, not in a security space, in a, a proper computer space. And um, yeah. it was great. It was incredible. But when I, we had an exit, and then when I came back to this industry, I just felt at home. I mean, this is who we are, right? This is who we are. Mm-hmm. So my, um, my career started in, the, I'd say, in the, the public eye. I ran up a, a security organization for the Jewish security in Cape Town, South Africa uh, in the mid-90s. So we had about 90 venues that were under my uh, responsibility. We had a volunteer security force of just over 200 volunteers. Wow. No idea, I had no idea what I was doing. I was young, 19, <laughs> thought I had all the answers. I didn't even know which questions to ask. And You're then I... <laughs> Came to Israel, served in the IDF for a little bit in a mechanized, uh, mechanized infantry unit specializing actually in um, for wartime mechanized infantry. For regular ops, we specialized in um, uh, urban warfare. So CQB. Yeah. Um, then I served a little bit in the uh, police force here in the old city of Jerusalem, which I'm sure you are uh, familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. So that was awesome. Place. A, a small unit over there, um, both because of the languages I spoke and just because of the demographics. It was a super, super interesting time. From there, I moved over to the uh, to work for the U.S. government, and I helped uh, architect and and start up. Well, that's not actually true. I didn't start it up. I was the first group that was chosen to launch a pilot program doing covert protection and surveillance detection for U.S. diplomats and interests around the world. Tel Aviv was chosen as the pilot program, and we did that together with the Israeli uh, authorities over here because we're in Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a fantastic program. Left there for high tech for a little bit and then came back to the industry and have been working in the private sector since. Outstanding. So just a little bit of background. (laughs) Yeah, no, man. I mean, I remember once I started for some perspective for you guys too, once I started like going to events and like meeting people, you know, Ivory was one of those guys. Everyone's like, oh, that's Ivory. You need to know who he is. Like he's one of the guys. (laughs) And I'm like, he's one of the cool guys. He's one of the dude. You know, he's made an impression on the industry. He's helped a lot of people. Um, And this is somebody that, you know, would do you some good to really follow and, and look into. Um, and the things you're offering, I'm ex- I'm so excited by the things that you guys are starting to offer to the industry um, because I think one thing I've taken away from your brand diver is just like you're so smart, man. Your presentation nah. and the thinking you put, and he's really humble. He's not gonna take this. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> this because you guys need to know it. But the presentation, the way that his brand looks and feels is always been the utmost of professionalism and everything that you've even spoken to me about doing has been so well thought out. Like I'm usually listening to you being like, man, this is higher level, very well thought out. And I'm always really impressed by that. It's an honor to to be able to have these conversations. Thank you. Absolutely. No, 100%, man. Or I think we did an EDC episode too. (laughs) Yes. And everyone's, you know, I I did a few of them and everyone's like, you know, talking about their guns and their, you know, cool guy stuff. And you're like, what did you say? Like a good pair of shoes and like like an apple. And a watch. And a watch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, 
But I mean, you're also, I mean, you're like the Cove pro guy, the covert protection, you know, one of the, the original, you know, uh, of that game. So I think between you and Caleb Gilbert, somewhere in there, that thing was, was kind of born or brought to the game. You can help me well, with that. But. Caleb, Caleb needed it for his detail. And mm-hmm. I came in to, to make it happen together with him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that we've even been wanting to bring you on and talking about, you know, integrating in some of our details. So you guys check this stuff out, man, with everything being so uh, PC and um, brand presentation, you know, the way that your detail looks from the outside to the public. Oh, um so huge nowadays uh covert protection if you have the assets or just learning about how to do that it's a huge value add i believe to a lot of clients especially if they don't want to be seen with security what do you what would you say about that absolutely so the the there's two sides to covert protection one is the business side the business side is it's a good sale to people that don't want the image of lots of security and that people that don't want to feel security so more and more, especially stateside clients, want security. They feel they need security. And when I say they feel, I'm, I'm not belittling anyone. I'm just saying, I don't know, because I haven't done a risk assessment on everyone in the world, right? So they feel they need security, and they don't want to feel the security. So that's the business side. Um, of course, there's the image side as well. They don't want people to see. They don't want press to see. Maybe they don't want too many shareholders to see, um, whatever it is. Um, the operation side, which is where I'm sort of born from, yeah, is that if the bad guys don't see us, they'll be more prone to making mistakes and less alert, which will allow us to stop them earlier in the tax cycle. That's the bottom line. It helps us reclaim a bit of the surprise. So normally, if I'm standing there with my earpiece and I'm clearly security, um, Bad guy will see me. They'll say, there's security. Let me see a vulnerability. Let me learn their routine. Let me circumvent them. But right. if they don't see me as security, they'll still see me. But if they don't see me as security, they won't care because they'll be looking for security. And that's when I get the advantage over them. So uh, absolutely, <clears throat> CovePro is not um, It's not a one-all, one, you know, one-size-fits-all solution. It's part of an overall strategy. So the right. strategies change. If the strategy is placed for covert protection, it'll work great. But it's not a standalone solution to anything. Yeah, perfect. And hence, the good pair of shoes and a watch for EDC. Absolutely. <laughs> I, it's so I, good, I can man. tell you, I, I've used, <laughs> I've used my shoes and my watch way more than I've used a gun. I can tell yeah, you that. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's that's true, man. That's true. That's true. No one can argue I mean, with that in the game. I'm not anti. I'm not anti firearm. I'm. I'm right. just saying, in the reality of today's world, especially on a, I'm putting 2020 aside. 2020 didn't happen. So when we it's travel not, all over the world, just like you do, and we do work, and we do right. operations. If I'm going to work now in the states or in England or somewhere else, I'm not going to have a weapon. So, you know. I mean, that's just my own thing, you know. Not yeah, saying we don't need you know, it. I'm saying I'm not going to have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, who would you say you are at your core? I always like to just hit this one on the way in. I, 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 like, to, I like to think, and this is going to sound extremely arrogant and stupid, but it's the truth. I like to think I'm a good person at my core, and I try to be a good person. Yes. Um, 
whether it's in my personal life, which I, I won't even speak about here, but whether it's my personal life or business, I always try to be a good person. Um, and I always try and help good people succeed. And that's not a marketing thing. It's not a jargon thing. It's truly what makes me happy. It's a selfish thing because it makes me happy. Um, right. So I'd say that's who I'm at my core. And um, mm. I'm also a bit of a, a perfectionist and a purist, which mm. is great when you're in the government. It's it's very challenging when you're not, right? When you've got to yeah. uh, compromise and work in the real world. Um, so yeah, you know, that's why I'm at my core. Just a, just a regular oh. Joe, just a regular <laughs> Joe trying to make ends meet, man. No, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. And it's, it's something that I've noticed. It's very distinct, you know, cause you've always been like, at least with me, you've always been encouraging. Um, but you've also always looked out, you know, and you've guided me and given me some really good, good feedback, you know, and I, I need it. I'm always open to it. Cause I'm still young trying to figure out get my traction here, you know, trying to, we all still, we all still try to figure it out, Byron. Yeah. And that humility, it, it definitely shows, man. It definitely shows. And it's rare. And I hope, I really hope that in our industry, we see a lot more of that, man, because so many people have so much to contribute and it's sad. Sometimes I, I find guys that are awesome. I'm like, let's go, let's talk about this on the show. And, you know, there's all, there's the, the gray man, the silent professional thing, which I respect. But then there's the fear of, of being the man in the ring too, you know, because it can get a little tribal sometimes and people don't you want think? to get eaten alive. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we get a little of that here and there, you know, so uh, <laughs> I really appreciate that about you, man, hundred percent. So what have you been up to, you know, these days, you know, now that, now that, uh, yeah, what's, what's the game look like for you these days? How's, and how's COVID? Well, we'll get to that. What have you been up to these days specifically? So it's all inter it's all interlinked with COVID. With your next question, so um, we were. Um, I've been looking to remarket or rebrand myself and my business as more of a strategic solutions house as opposed to tactics. And mm -hmm. um, when I left government service, I went heavy into the. We started out a surveillance detection for the private sector and then developed what I call surveillance detection enabled security. And then um, CovePro started coming up and always been super tactical, right? But at, at my core, what I wanted to do was much more strategic. And COVID offered me an opportunity to make that transition to a more strategic uh, business. So over the past years, I left, uh, I was VP at AS Solution until 2017. 2017, I resigned, had a great time there with Christian and the team. And um, I, I left there and um, we've been doing a lot of consulting, a lot of strategic consulting. So <clears throat> the typical risk assessments and risk analysis we do, the typical startup of details we do, but more than that, we'd come in and we'd say, all right, let's have a look at your entire security uh, organization and help everything align and build it up. The tactics we'll get to after, but first let's work on a strategy. And that way, we've been doing that, but what COVID allowed me to do was to rebrand like that. So mm. because we weren't out doing the tactical training and the COVPO training and the EP training and stuff for clients, all we were <clears> doing was strategic consulting for clients, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And as part of the strategic consulting, 
I thought to myself, I was really missing the training. And I thought that to myself, I still think it, but at the time I thought, you know, what can I do? It's all these people doing remote training and e-learning and it's all awesome, but I'm not going to be one who goes and does a course on shooting or underwater knife fighting on, on the on, remotely. It's like, it's cool. For those biking, that ninjas, do it. You know. biking ninjas. So it's cool for those that do it, you know, all the success to them. I'm not one of them. Right. right. Yeah. I, I'm very old fashioned. I believe if you want to learn how to shoot, get down, stand on the line, learn how to shoot. If you want to learn how to mm-hmm. fight, get in the ring, learn how to fight. Um, yeah. So, and I, I didn't believe that I could succeed doing that through e-learning because mm-hmm. I didn't believe in it. And I don't believe that you can succeed in something if you don't believe in it. And like right. I said, those that are doing it, all the power to them. I'm not knocking them. I just can't do it. I can't succeed like that. So I didn't do it. And then I right. sat back and I thought, who, who are we as a business? Who are we culturally? What do we do? And I read through my website and through marketing material and all the time it came up of, of being strategic and leaders. And I thought, you know what? Mm. I want to help people be good security leaders. For 30 years, I've been helping people be good agents. Let me help Mm -hmm. them be good leaders. Where are those people today? And what we did was we started the Enablement Academy of Leadership Excellence. Outstanding. Which is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. It's awesome. So so the, the Academy of Leadership Excellence, what it is, it's an online... Um, asynchronous learning system. So an e-learning platform, it's not right. recorded Zoom conversations, uh, lessons over Zoom. It's actual content. There's exams. There's um, um, essays that have to be done. There's projects that need to be done and submitted for marking. And there's two levels. What we do is we've got one, which is the corporate security leader, which comprises of a core module of core leadership skills. We touch on security, but it's not a how to do security course. It's how to be a leader. It's how to be an effective CSO. Um, And then we branch off with specialties for for whatever direction you're going to in leadership. And then the second level, which we haven't announced, I think this is the first time I'm mentioning it sort of publicly, is the team lead level. So through all the training and consulting I've been doing over the years, I've recognized, and, and it's no insult to anyone, it's just a fact, that middle management in our industry sucks. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> middle management sucks. You, man. It, it's just, there's, uh, there's incredible people that have not been given the tools to succeed. And because this, again, to strategy, because there's no defined strategy above, for them and their personal development, what happens is middle management focuses on putting out day-to-day fires with the detail. This one doesn't come to work. This one's our training. How do we fill their spot? The client's not happy about this. What do we do? And that's super important. But there's no overall, overall strategy for that team lead or that middle manager to run the detail. It's all about running day-to-day. It's not about an annual program of development. It's not about quality control. I mean, I was, I've spoken to someone who considers themselves a big uh, uh, persona in the industry and other mm-hmm. people consider them a persona in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I was having banter about uh, quality assurance and what I call operational readiness, being ready for an emergency. And they said, oh no, we do it. I go and I check my agents and I check that they've got their guard card and that it's still, uh, it hasn't expired yet. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second. 
That's not quality assurance. That's not operational readiness. How, you know, do they know their procedures? Are their procedures risk-based? Do they know what to do in an emergency? Can they explain to you why they do it? Uh, all this stuff I felt was not I felt, it's missing. So what we did at the academy is we're putting content together to help team to help develop team leads and give them the skills to run a detail, to prepare that detail for an emergency and to make sure day-to-day -day it runs seamlessly, right? Because then when they're the fires to put out, one, there'll be less fires, two, the fires will be a lot smaller, which mm -hmm. will enable them to, to work a, a better detail. If you're not yeah. busy dealing with the little things, you can focus on really getting ready for the big things. Um, so that's what we've yeah. been doing. We've been putting a lot of work into it. We've also been doing a fair amount of online um, programs for our clients. Again, not tactical, strategic. So a fair <laughs> amount of our clients have come to us and said, hey, can you do this for us? Can you develop a program? We've seen what you're doing at the academy. Can you help us do something in the meantime? Because our agents and our team leads and everyone's not, uh, they're not doing anything. They're sitting at home and we need to keep them engaged and um, continue professional development. So with that, I'll say, the Enablements Academy of Leadership Excellence, our corporate security leadership program qualifies for ASIS recertification points. So anyone who holds an ASIS certification, we are CPE preferred vendors of ASIS. So automatically, if they submit certification from us, they will get their certification renewed. That's the one thing for the CPP holders, et cetera. The other thing, we just huge. got it about two weeks ago. Huge. We just got it about two weeks ago. Less relevant for the US market. May, might be relevant. But for the rest of the world, uh, someone that qualifies from our Academy of Leadership Excellence, our qualification is recognized officially by the um, education, sort of the awarding body of tertiary education in the United Kingdom, the government uh, authority called Ofqual uh, at the diploma level. I specifically didn't want to go to academia level at the diploma level. And that is also recognized throughout the European Union. So wow. that's huge as well. Um, so that's what I've, that's what I've been up to. And again, we've been doing the regular, uh, the regular work that we do, right? We've yeah. been doing the regular stuff, the, the consulting and the strategic stuff and realigning programs. So over COVID, yeah. we worked with several of the, the largest corporations in the world and we realigned their programs. So we didn't just realign their, uh, EP program. We looked at all their programs to do with the executives yeah. and we realigned everything from, um, from the headquarters to campus, to residential, to EP in their home country, to EP when traveling, to protective wow. intel. We realigned everything. Yeah. And now everything moves off everything. So all the day-to-day -day procedures and the emergency procedures all interface, just like uh, cogs of, a, of gears, right? Just cogs of a wheel yeah. or of a machine. Everything interfaces and works together. And we smashed down all those silos. So that's what we've been busy doing during COVID. Um, wow. And the other thing is we've been waiting until we can travel, which is awesome. <laughs> I'm going on my, I'm heading out in, um, I, I don't know when this will be aired, but I'm heading out at the end of uh, April to Vegas to teach a COVID protection class on behalf of uh, Allied Universal. Um, yes. Level one and level two, which is my first trip in uh, since February, since February last year, 
And this is the longest period that I've been in one place in over two decades. And it's been awesome. Wow. wow it's been awesome. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing. You know, it's like, I, you know, not to get too Jordan Peterson, but out of chaos can come higher order, you know? And that's something I've seen, you know, with this, with this COVID thing and in my life time and time again. But, you know, it's like some people are like, this has been the worst year ever. And other people have been like, this has really changed my perspective. And I've gotten all these valuable things done in the meantime. And it leveled up a lot of people, especially on the tech side. Absolutely. And I realize it's been a difficult year for a lot of people, uh, medically, psychologically, emotionally, financially. Uh, I went through it too at one point. I mean, we all yeah. went through a little bit of what, what the hell's going on here. But um, oh, yeah. Uh, on the whole, I, I use the term, I feel I use the term wisely. And yes. um, now we're just coming out, man. Coming out fighting, as yeah, they say. No, you know? 100%. I'm, ex I'm really excited about this. This It's something that's so needed, man. I mean, even just improving the systems that run a detail and, and improving uh, those leadership capabilities because you get put in these leadership positions eventually as your career evolves and you Correct. get your strength. And you're like, well, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. I've seen guys do it, and you think you know what you're doing. Exactly. And there's good people doing great things. Make no mistake. Oh, yeah. uh, what I'm looking to do is to provide the tools so that they understand uh, processes and they understand why. Then how they implement it on their detail is every detail's the same. But yeah. what I've seen time, and not all details, right? Not all my clients, but what I've seen time and time again, also when, when I teach, is a lot yeah. of people, just like you said, they progress through their career because of either time, because they're well-liked by their superiors, by the client. All those reasons are good reasons for progress. But yeah. at no point have they been given the tools to deal with that responsibility. So you're given more responsibility, but you don't have the tools to to make it work. Maximize and sometimes that. it works, but is it working as well as it could be? Yes. Are you very stressed because you're dealing with this and that? You don't have to be stressed. Just follow process. Yes. Improve your processes. No, it's, 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 it's awesome. Yeah. And I felt that stress as well, man. Like, all right, we got to figure this out. It's time to just get in here. And, and half of us got thrusted into the game, you know, and had to learn on the job anyways. So it's like, it's not weird. And as I, I think as more assets like this appear to help professionals find their way and learn from, you know, those who've gone before them, I just think it's such a good thing. And it's, it's awesome that people like yourself are stepping up and creating these assets for people to go on ahead and learn from. And then the recognized, uh, it being recognized by, you know, ACES and these other international organizations, like that's huge, man. Yep. That's huge. Yep. That's, that's very valuable to the professional 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, I'm nice and I have a brand. Some people think some people yes. might not like the brand and that's cool, but what, what does it really matter? What really matters is, is it recognized industry-wide, right? Yeah. And uh, so that's what I'm going for, to help people really, really get forward, really get that job that they're looking for and succeed in it. Yes. That's, really, that's really what I want. <laughs> I want the people to succeed, to do well. No, outstanding. Absolutely. And that that's huge. That's one of the, hey, and I, I'd 
like to mention that this was a lot of, you know, having you come in as one of our master's class instructors is uh, definitely something that, that I'm really honored to have take place. Um, this type, just the way that you're thinking and the things that you're doing, you know, I'm really looking forward to um, that project that we're doing for the school for training day as well. Because I just, the stuff you do, man, it really, really helps people. And it's awesome. So looking forward to that for sure. Okay. Um, what would you okay. say, do you have any advice to folks you know, the guy on the ground that went through the pandemic, you know, is there any advice you'd have for surviving a situation like this, an anomaly like this? Because it very well probably may come again. So I hope you're wrong. I, I hope it doesn't come again. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, wrong too. Right? right? Um, yeah, so I'll tell you some lessons I learned, right? Yes. And I learned them through myself or through uh, seeing what's going on around me. The first one is, uh, at the beginning, change creates chaos, right? But don't yes. let that chaos rule us, rule the chaos. So take yeah. a step back, take a deep breath and, and see what's going on. See the picture. Uh, then I'd say the same as I do for everything. Um, make a plan and work your plan, right? Yes. So don't just sit back and say, ah, oh, things are terrible. I can't do anything. I can't work. What, what am I going to do? Instead of saying, what am I going to do? Do something. Decide and do it. Um, and the other thing that I've seen, and, and this isn't necessarily uh, uh, me, but this is advice to anyone who's out there, is don't live um, month to month. Always have a few months of resources in the bank. I think that's yes. the biggest thing for everyone because – when the pandemic hit, and for a lot of people, the, the financial tech just shut down. It just closed, right? Um, right, 100%. And that's when the real stress happened for a lot of folks, especially the operational folks that, that aren't on salary, that work according to a daily rate, and they work project to project. They got hit super, super, super hard. And, um, you know, not knocking anyone at all. <clears throat> this is just a generic example, but... Right. If you've got your super expensive watches and your super expensive cars and stuff, but you're living really month to month, that's mm. probably not the best way to do it. The best way to do it is to have your your uh, super fancy cars and super nice watches and to donate to charity if you have a little extra and to have a few months in the bank. So right. I'd say that the, the few months in the bank should be a priority over everything else. And I think that's the biggest financial lesson learned that I've seen from uh, from my peers and colleagues and friends, regardless of industry, uh, mm -hmm. especially if you work on a, a daily wage or project based uh, salary, uh, do yeah. that. On the on the flip side, mm -hmm. some advantages is that a lot of people got let go from work, right? Which doesn't sound oh, yeah. good, but but a lot of people got let go. They're going to get low, get low anyway because they didn't like their boss. Their boss didn't like them. The client. So now that they got let go during the pandemic, no one really questions it. So that's the yeah. good side of things. Get right? out of jail free. <laughs> get out of jail free card, a clean slate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my advice would be, as with any industry, and not something I practice myself always, or especially when I was younger, but definitely now in later years, solid financial planning is not just a slogan. Oh, yeah. Have that have that egg put away for when uh, a bad surprise comes and kicks you in the teeth. Uh, yeah. 
because that's when it that's when it's going to count. No, that's huge. Absolutely, I remember. <laughs> I think. It took me a like, I mean, probably when I first started hitting 30, I started being like, you know, I've been doing this EP stuff and making pretty decent money since I was 21. I was like, I got a lot of really cool stuff and nothing to show for it. And it was like, thank God I woke up to that because I was just like, what am I, what have I even been doing? You know, how am I still going month to month here? And I was like, man, you've been blessed to have work, but you got to start playing the long game. You work for money your whole life. You don't figure out how to not do that. You'll just keep working for money your whole life. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the, that's the key is, uh, you know, don't work for things. And we need to enjoy the money, right? Oh, we yeah. Need to. It's not about how much, but we need to enjoy it. If, if I want to go out for a nice meal, I want to go out for a nice meal. It's, and that's fine. People should. We shouldn't be right. slaves to work. We shouldn't be slaves to money. We shouldn't live for work. We should work in order to live a lifestyle 100%. but financially plan put something aside you know if, if you want yeah. that, that nice new i don't know corvette or beamer or truck whatever mm-hmm. it is get it but it, maybe it'll take you another four months to save for because you've got another savings plan that your that your money is going into <laughs> as well just yes. plan well financially um because you know now it's a global pandemic tomorrow it might be a broken foot Yeah. Yeah, and you can't work. so yeah, things happen. Um, so yeah. that, that's really the biggest take, I'd say. And if you look who survived financially, mm. who survived the pandemic, it's those that either planned or those that were on salary. But those that were project based, either they had to adapt and were lucky or they got mm. really screwed. That's interesting. So I think, yeah, that, that's what I'd say. So awesome. it's nothing tactical. I'm sorry. No, it is tactical. It's just in a different way. You know? <laughs> um, what would you say? And something else that you've done really well is dig into the consulting side of things. What advice would you have for, you know, maybe a business owner or professional that would like to try to dig into that side of the business, the industry? Okay. So it's a bit of a Pandora's <laughs> box. Um, yeah. All right. How much time so, you got? Okay. Buddy? <laughs> so, so I'll say in the, in the sometimes blunt and unintentionally abrasive way I say things. Yes. Don't think because you're an agent, you can do consulting. Yes. And don't think because you're a consultant, you can be an agent. They're two different mm. things. Okay. Yes. Um, one of the things I've seen across the industry Mm-hmm. On a global scale, whether it's in Israel, UK, US, Africa, Australia, anywhere I work, I see <clears throat> I see the same patterns. And this was one of the drivers for the academy, by the way, was nice. that very often um, agents or field, field protectors are tasked with um, tasks that they shouldn't be with consulting type tasks. So right. principal might be traveling and you've got a whole team at the residence, a whole team at home. And the manager comes or the, the detail lead comes and says, hey, you guys haven't got anything going on. Please do a risk assessment on the residence, do a risk assessment on this, do that, whatever. But because you're an agent, it doesn't mean you know how to consult. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you know how to provide advice. And it's not an intelligent thing. It's not a qualification thing. It's not a capability thing. It's just mm. where you are and the knowledge base you have. So I'd say the best advice for a company that wants to do consultancy, first thing I'll say is outsource all your work to us. That's the first thing. <laughs> Secondly, right. 
<clears throat> Second thing I'll say is get the right people. Get people that have worked operationally and get people that know how to consult. A junior agent, even a senior agent, might not know how to consult if they've been tactical their whole career. Find someone that knows how to do it, that understands process at the strategic level, not, right, not only the tactical. And um, uh, do what you're good at, right? Um, there's a, a, and the reason I say find someone who's been operational as well, there's a, um, a profession in our industry. I don't know if you've come across it. It's called a security engineer, right? Mm. It's a security engineer. These are super, super, super smart people, men and women, mm -hmm. who they'll come and they'll tell you, you need a camera that meets these technical requirements and specifications and can work under this lighting and that lighting and these weather conditions. And I can also read a spec sheet, but these guys are really into it. They're engineers by trade. Yeah. Very They're technical, technical engineers. Mm. But some of them, most of them, have never worked a shift. So they'll be able to tell you what cameras you need and what magnemeters you need, but they don't see how it fits into the big picture. All they see is how it fits into a control, a control room or a GSOC, but they don't see the big operational picture. Now, I'm not knocking them. I'm saying they've got a place. The operationals people's, people have a place. A good consultant or consulting company knows how to bring all of that knowledge together into one product for the client. So don't okay. think that, you know, you've worked on a, a couple of shifts, so you know how to do a risk assessment. And don't use staff during downtime. Don't use field agents during downtime to do consulting for your detail. That's exactly what your team needs should be doing. That's mm -hmm. why team needs should know how to do that, right? Team needs yeah. should have a much broader and deeper perspective than the agent. Uh, so I don't know if that answered your question. I sort of went on a personal rant about stuff. but No, I, I think it's great. I think it, <laughs> it gives people a really good perspective, really. And that's that's what this, you know, this conversation is all about. Um, and, and if someone wants to learn the art of becoming a consultant, where would you direct them? Well, there's a great academy called the Enablements Academy of Leadership Excellence. I'd say this. Yes, I love it. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is. I'd say that the team need classes. It's not a consulting class, but it's, it gets you much closer. And mm -hmm. really, and this is a bit of a catch-22, where good consultants shine, it's through experience in the field, mm -hmm. education, and experience. They, okay. So I'd say don't rely on your experience in the field, right? Or your time yeah. spent in the field. Study things that you should know. There's CPP. There's all sorts of great certifications out there. Learn yeah. from your peers. Ask questions. And then get experience consulting. So um, we designed for... Um, my company designed for AS, for AS Solutions. We designed uh, yeah. after I left... We designed a, a team lead uh, team lead class for AS, which nice. in essence was the first step of learning to be a consultant. We took the group, and we take them. We teach them the principles of assessing risk, how to truly understand risk, how to interface with intelligence, what you want from intelligence, what protective intelligence is truly, and it's not geopolitical mm -hmm. analysis; it's everything else. And then, um, 
we'd actually spend a week plus with them doing risk assessments on actual locations. And then we'd work with them, teaching them how to define, we'd give them emergency scenarios and teach them to define the responses for those. And then how to set up their security so that the routine, the day-to-day stuff provides a solid platform for that emergency, right? So there are, and that's the step one of being a consultant. So there are places to go out and, and, and learn it, but they're few. They're few. The UK has more than the US. If you're looking to be a consultant, I'd say um, there's a few in the US. I'd say also look at the UK. There's the, mm. the standard of security in the UK is, is high. I'm not talking about SIA or CP or badges or anything. I'm talking about the overall industry. Um, yeah. It's a pretty mature security industry, uh, as is mm-hmm. the US. But because <clears throat> regulation went there earlier, it's got somewhat, it's more uh, framed. It's got a bigger framework to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's what I'd say um, is uh, experience in the field, education and doing the job gets you to be a good consultant. Yeah. And that, <clears throat> that's why I was impressed when you said they were going to recognize your course over there. Uh, Cause they, yeah, they, I mean, they, <laughs> I think I was doing an interview uh, with, um, was it Jackie uh, who made the, the movie close? She was a female. Jackie, operative. Jackie is great. Yes. She's amazing. She was, she's amazing. She's also going to be uh, in our master's course, but she was talking to us. And <laughs> she was talking Jackie to Davis. me about the, yeah, Jackie Davis, the differences between the U.S. and then, you know, overseas and, the, and what they go through and how they look at us because of what we don't have to do. <laughs> it was and very interesting. Jackie candid, man. Jackie is even, um, Jackie's even less politically correct than I am. She yeah, does not mince the words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it was definitely good, man. And then, you know, just kind of digging into the industry, what would you like to see more of in our industry as we, I feel like things are evolving so quickly, you know, what types of things, or I should say, what types of major changes have you seen take place over the last few years? And then we'll get into what you'd like to see. Uh, so many changes. There's too many to mention, yeah. but I, so I think a lot of the changes I've seen in the last few years, it's that the industry has become quite soft. Mm. Right. I'm just going to duck down. Yeah, I want to hear about this one. Yeah, yeah. What you got, man? I think think the the industry as as an industry is um, uh, okay. So I'll tell you, I I can actually verbalize it now for the I think the first time. Right. Because because as a on the commercial side, so the industry uh, because we can't really or we think we can't measure our ROI our worth to the client, unless there's an emergency, mm-hmm. a lot of the time the industry falls into the trap of providing other non-security related services to the, to the client, to the corporate or family office, because we're worried about proving our worth or losing the contract. Yes. And I think that's important. <laughs> I think that's valuable because we can mm-hmm. be the best Viking ninja in the world, but if we're not employed, it doesn't matter. So that's important. Right, right. But the changes that I've seen in the industry is that the priority of that, you know, before at the beginning, you know, you'd have security up here and then service down here, just on a, on a low flame. We're doing service to, to remind the client we're there and we're worth something, but there's still the main focus is security. Now what I'm seeing is that you're seeing service is the main thing with security down here. 
Um, right. The priorities have changed. Um, and, and it's not a conscious thing, but um, that's what I'm seeing in the industry is that not all the time and not with everyone, but um, yeah. service is overcoming security. Um, and I'd say if we look at executive protection, right, yeah. the executive part is becoming heavier on the scales than the protection part. And um, mm. sometimes we're forgetting wh what our true north is. Uh, we're forgetting yeah. why we're there. And um, we're often, when I say we, I'm not putting myself in that, I'm talking about the industry as a whole. But we're mm. often afraid to tell the client, and I the client might not be the principal, I'm just saying in general, we're right. often afraid to say, hey, you know, this is my job, this is why I'm here. This is not why I'm here. And I'm not talking about the level of carrying the cases and all that shit. Can I say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I'll carry yeah, cases. Yeah. It's fine. I'll carry the clients. I've carried a client. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With with E, with Elijah Shaw. Elijah Shaw, and I oh, carried yeah? a client. We carry a client and put the client over a wall. We've done it. So I'm not talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not about carrying, I'm not about carrying bags level. I'm talking about overall what we sell clients. Should, should first and foremost be risk-based security services, not yes. contract closing services, right? Yes. You've got to close the contract. But what happened to security? And, and let me throw yeah. this out, and I'll, I'll show you a, a lot of nods or head shakes in, in your audience. But how mm. many people in the audience are working on details where there's no risk assessment done? Yeah. Ever. Ever. <laughs> so in an ideal world, in an ideal world, client will come to me and say, we want to, because no we issue. build details for clients. The very yeah. first step I say, when the client comes to me and says, let me build a, can you build us a CovePro detail or EP detail or Ninja Viking detail? I say, yeah. where's your risk assessment? And then they say, well, can't you just do it? And I say, well, no, based on what? Why do you even think you need a CovePro detail? Like, why do you even want it? What's mm. the risk? And um, in the end, of course, we do it, right? But we sell right. the client the correct way. Let us do a risk assessment for you. Right. Not as an upsell, but if we do a risk assessment, maybe we'll see that you don't need a covert secret ninja detail. Maybe we'll see that you need a chauffeur and a driver and a buckler at home because your risk isn't there. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or maybe we'll say, rather go for a high-profile detail because that's your risk and you need deterrence. And we'll put some mm -hmm. COVID people in the, in the environment. So that's what I mean. The, the industry is, is so strong on, on the service aspect. They've forgotten the true north. And, um, yeah, that, that's, the big, that's the big change. I mean, I can go on, but I, I don't want to make this a negative mudslinging thing at all. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, think big, I think it's, I'm glad you said that. I think it's, I think it's going to give a lot of people, a lot of things to think about, you know, cause that's, I, I feel the same way personally. And I think it's just, it's very natural, especially with the pandemic and, you know, I've been a lot of um, event-based types of operations being grounded and kind of being like, Hey, it's survival time. We have to demonstrate our value. We're like a destroyer that's parked, yeah, parked at the, you know, at the shipyard right now. And we're a sitting target and the bean counters are back there looking at the absolutely. pay sheet, <laughs> looking at the accounting. And they're like, man, we are, you know, and, and absolutely we have to display our value 
Absolutely. But right. on the day to day, we shouldn't forget why we're truly there. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Uh, uh, upsell coming and marketing speech coming. I'm just giving you a heads up. But one of mm-hmm. the services we do provide for clients, oh, we good. do we build auditing programs, complete mm. auditing programs as part yeah. of our operational readiness program. And one part of that, not the whole program, is what we call red teaming, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do red teaming. But yeah. that's great. But a lot of <laughs> God people bless approach them. for Yeah, a lot of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people come to us, or, or we'll approach, we'll speak to a client and we'll say, hey, your, your system looks mature. Your organization looks mature now. We've been working with you for a number of years or we've come in and we see your things mature. Do you want us to test it real world according to risk-based threats? So some people go and that's okay. Let's see if we can get a flower in the CEO's bedroom and stuff. And that's cool. But what we do is we come in and we say, what's your, what are your current threats? What are the modus operandi of the people that we know about? Let's emulate that and see if your system is capable of doing it, right? Because that's real. We can also do the wild card, but not all the time. And a lot of people won't do it. A lot of people won't do it because they don't want the results. They want to put their head in the sand and say, and it's the real leaders in the industry, in in my eyes, the real leaders that say, you know what? We're not ready. Let no, sometimes they say we're not ready. Let's get ready, we'll do it next year. To me, that's a leader that admits and says we're not ready, let's get ready. Right? right. All the ones that say, absolutely, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Because it's important yeah. for me, and I'm confident enough to say, I want to know where we're not strong so True. we can fix it. Yeah. That's I real leadership. Real, that's real leadership. Real leadership is saying, show me where I can improve. Not 100%. don't hurt my ego and, and you threatening me by saying I can't do it. No one right. does everything all the time. No one. Right. We can't stop yeah. everything all the time. But let's try to do what we can do to ensure. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know how we even got onto that topic, but yeah. No, it's beautiful. It's such good stuff. It's also probably, you know, a lot of the reasons why people won't do risk assessments, you know, because they don't want to find out that they don't need the, you know, platoon size Viking Absolutely. Ninja situation. And you have to be sensitive to that as well. So if, if I go, right. you have to be sensitive to that also, but right. we never want to throw client under the bus. Like there are sensitivities, but. Oh, yeah. Do the process. You can yeah. compromise. Here's one for you, which we might or might yeah, not have spoken about an hour ago. If yeah. you have to compromise on the result because of budget, client preference, culture, what legal stuff, whatever, mm-hmm. you sometimes have to compromise, but never <laughs> compromise on process to understand your world. If you mm-hmm. have the correct processes in place, you'll be able to understand how much you're compromising, not only what you're compromising, but what the effect is. Because the process, the output of the process will let you know how much you the, the have. Output of the, process, the output of the process will give you the ideal 100%. Of that 100%, you might have to remove 10% here, 5% there, 15% there. But if you do the process, you'll know what the 100% of what you need is, and you'll know the price to pay of removing certain things, which will help you decide what you're removing. If I've got a set budget, is it more important for me to have uh, a co-pro team 
right? And an over right. team. Or do I just need an over team and an advance? Because at the moment, I don't have an advance. What's more important? Yeah. Do the process and see. Ah. Is it more important for me to have a fantastic 20,000 person EP detail? Or should I fix my wall at my house? Because that's time place predictable. Right. Go through the process and understand what's important. Outstanding, man. That it's this is this is this is good stuff. You just, this is really good stuff, man. This is awesome, man. What um you say that's all then, the guests. Yeah, no, I, I mean I, I might actually. I don't know, but then I mean yeah, 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 it's okay. <laughs> I'm just what, um, yeah, no, for sure. What what direction do you see the industry going in? This is something I wanted to ask you. What changes are you seeing? I don't know. Hmm. Don't know. You ain't got a crystal ball or something? I I, I hope. I'm hoping the industry becomes less tolerant of the theater of security, pretending to do security, and becomes more welcoming of actual security and enabling people to do actual security as opposed to encouraging the theater of security. That's what I'm hoping. I don't know if it will go in that direction, but I will continue to do my utmost to uh, to promote that. Outstanding. Yeah, I love it. And I think we'll all be better for it. The standards. Absolutely. And, um, and, and being as advertised because everyone suffers when, when people aren't able to perform. You know, the industry suffers. Our perception suffers, you know. Uh, and then the guys on the ground, um, have to operate from a space that doesn't have isn't respected you know and that's one of the reasons i said on the first episode i said this i want to restore honor back to our profession it's an honorable profession and i want to contribute to a more efficient and effective intelligent agent on the ground absolutely and to support that agent should be correct process from middle and upper management um because not always, not always, so this isn't a poke at anyone, but right. not always, but often when there's what I call the theater of security in place, so it looks like you're doing security, but it's not really effective if you if you scrutinize it, that's mm-hmm. usually upper or middle management that's pushing that message down, intentionally mm-hmm. or unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I'm looking to influence. I'm looking to bridge the gap between the client feeling secure and actually being secure. What I feel happens now is often the client feels secure, but are they actually secure? Right, yeah. And the ones that truly wanna be actually secure will encourage the auditing programs because they wanna ensure that they're secure. The ones that wanna stay on the theater for the most part and just want a quiet ride, yeah. will be the ones that do not want to test their systems. They just want smooth sailing. Yeah, that's awesome. Now I got to hide and have you come test my system. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's, 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 I mean it's, it's the way, man. It's the way. You got to be as advertised. I, I 100% agree with you. And we see it on all levels. You know, we see the guy that's, you know, was once upon a time, special forces, this, that, or, whatever. And, you know, he gets in the industry and he just hangs out, man. And he just sits, sits there and just, you know, doesn't train. He doesn't continue learning. And it's, I know everything guy, you know, and, um, 
we see it in the teams that are like, you know, pick up basketball games and you just kind of get a bunch of guys and throw them together. Like you don't know what anyone's going to do. <laughs> you know, and Exactly. You just think you're going to be cohesive or something. <laughs> you know, we see these things you're talking about all kinds of places. Absolutely. You know, I had a, um, I had a client pre COVID. Yeah. And uh, they had a, they asked us to have a look at the, what do they call it? The ELT emergency response team. Mm-hmm. And I said, great. Send me backgrounds of everyone on the team before anything else. Yeah. And they had someone from Rangers, much respect. They had a, a crazy person from SEALs because all SEALs are batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they had a former right. uh, a career police officer. I mean, they had good people on the team. So yeah. I said, this is awesome. Can you show me your emergency procedures? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, we don't have. I said, okay, all right, we'll get there. What training has the team done as a team for emergencies? Right. They were like, oh, no, this one's a SEAL, this one's a Ranger, this one's a cop. They know what to do. You see, and therein lies the problem. Um, Right. And and this particular case, it wasn't intentional. Quite simply, the decision maker didn't themselves know because they got to that position. They were in a, uh, they themselves were in another agency, not a security Mm -hmm. agency. They retired. Mm. They got this job at the uh, at this company, at this corporation, and they mm. just brought across what they thought because they'd never actually worked on an ERT team. They didn't know, yeah. and yeah. that's exactly the sort of thing that I'm trying to um, change through the academy. That's the kind of change I'm trying right. to uh, um, bring to the industry. And I love it because because I've seen some, you know, I've seen people make mistakes. And that approach I really respect is, which is, you know, trying to help people who are making those types of mistakes, you know, instead of just eating them alive or talking bad about them or throwing their business out in the street, you know, that's, and that's kind of been my approach. You know, when I see people making these, I've had a couple, you know, times where I've even seen someone post something and I've been like, you know, I'm going to send this guy a message, you know, because he, maybe he doesn't know, you know, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, you don't want to have a tail number in your in your in your photo or you don't want to do this that, and the next thing. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, the guy's like, hey, man, I'm like, it might be your way of trying to push your brand. But, you know, certain people won't talk to you if they see something like this on your on correct. Your You're doing more damage than good. Yeah. And, and then Absolutely. every single time I've done that, it's been well received and it's been respected. Um, so I think there's a lot to be said for trying to help a lot of professionals because they just don't know because it's like the wild west in here right now. <laughs> you know, it is. It's, it's un, you know, it's still it's still forming. It's an immature kind of situation, and it's become quite cannibalistic. It's been um, mm-hmm. a lot of people are uh, a lot of people are being dicks unnecessarily. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, what the fuck? So can you yeah, put that yeah. in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's it good for? What's it good for? Who does it help? You know, it's like you you don't need to. um, You don't need to break other people to push yourself. It doesn't. It doesn't progress you anywhere. Doesn't work. Doesn't. It just makes you untouchable. (laughs) People don't want to speak to dicks, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, like, I I don't care what you've done or who you are. If you're not a good person, just stay away from me. I'm not interested. You're not going to help me. Yeah. Well, and it catches up with you, man. It just catches up with you eventually. It's like, it's a, it's a rule. That's what I've seen. And I'll tell you, I'm no saint. I'm a dick as well. Sometimes often. (laughs) Right. right. Because we're human. 
So I'm right. not saints, but I'm saying there's people that go out of their way to um, to harm other people in the industry. And that's sad when it has absolutely no bearing. And you know what? I'll tell you. I, I joined AS Solution in uh, 2013, I believe, right? wow. at its peak. It was great. Yeah. It was still a sort of small startup type company. And I had some smaller clients and smaller vendors that I worked with, mainly some small training partners. Mm-hmm. And on my very first, uh, I knew Christian. Christian and I were working for a lot, many years together. And I said to Christian, I said, look, I've got this agreement with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. I don't want to screw them over. I don't want to steal the business from them. I don't want to screw them over. And Christian said something to me. He said, we never, ever screw people over on the way up. Because if we do, they'll be the first to laugh at us when we fall down. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So look after, look after everyone. There's no need to screw people over. And uh, it just doesn't serve anything. There's just no need. There's enough business for everyone. There's <laughs> yes, no there need is. to screw people over. Uh, unless they're trying to screw you over. And then I'll say, if someone's trying to screw you over, hit them with a 10-pound hammer. Like, finish it. Yeah, But best to avoid those, best to take the high road, best to just not get involved. Yeah, um, 100%. So I'd love to see that change in the industry. I'd love to see more. And it doesn't have to be kumbaya. Like, you don't have to like everyone. Just don't right, bother right, your right. to screw people over. Rather, just take a backseat and, and watch them do their own damage if you don't like them. But don't bother <laughs> your way to harm people. I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And we're all in this together. We got to, I don't know. It just doesn't serve the industry either. So here we are. Uh, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, let's see, uh, a habit that you think people should look into that either makes you a better security professional or a better person? A habit? Yeah, like something or something people should look at maybe doing with their lives. uh, So I think you hit it on the head. Just be professional. Um, I think that's it. Like just be, be the quiet professional. That's what it is. Be the person yeah. that, um, if you're the person that if someone does a search, a Google or Bing or Yahoo search, try to be politically correct. If someone does a search on you, be that person that nothing bad comes up. Be that person yeah. that if anything comes up, it's positive. Because mm-hmm. if you live your life like that on social media, you'll live your life like that in general. Or let me rephrase it. If you live your life like that in general, it will be reflected on social media. Right? right? So yeah. be, be that person Stay away from drama. Do not get involved yeah. in drama. Um, yeah. Don't get sucked in, unless it's really extreme. But don't get sucked into drama. Um, mm. th- these are the habits. Really just focus on, when I say positivity, I'm not about like kumbaya and, and, you know, just if you have nothing good to say, don't say it. Just like our, our, our grandparents used to tell us, right? Yeah, they good were right. Say, don't say it. It's very, yeah. very simple. Um, uh, yeah, that would be that would be my best advice because that's what people remember. People remember drama. People remember bad things. And um, I know with me, if I get angry, if I get into altercations, whether it's physical, whether it's on the internet, whether it's whatever on a phone call, at the end of that, I land up feeling shit. The other person yeah. doesn't care how I feel. They yeah, they're care. out there, but it affects yeah. me. If I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, I don't want to discuss this. I'm, I'm not interested. It just doesn't matter that much to me. Right. Then I don't feel that bad. 
and that that reflects outwards. So um, yeah, stay positive. Don't get involved in drama. Take the high road. That's really yeah, uh, I, that's the best habit I can say. St- stay away from drama. Yeah, and I'll tell I you agree. something else. I'll tell you something else. Be fit. Be physically fit. Oh, yeah. That helps a lot. Be physically fit. Uh, It's like, be physically fit. Uh, uh, (laughs) It's so important. I'm not always physically fit. I mean, I'm I'm physically fit if I was six months pregnant. But, you know, be (laughs) physically fit. Um, When we are physically fit, we can last. We can stay alert for longer. We can... um, uh, we are, we're healthier. We get sick less often. Mm-hmm. We can respond to threats better, which is what we do. Right. Be physically fit, run, cycle, be fit. That's the number one habit I'd say. Sport has just so many good benefits for us benefits. as humans Absolutely. and more so in the industry. If you're serious about being a protector, be a protector. Don't yeah. just be a protector with certifications. Live a protector's lifestyle. And if you're going to, yes. not going to live a protector's lifestyle, don't be a protector. It's okay. No one's going to look down on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do your thing. Do whatever right. you think. <laughs> Do cool. whatever your we, thing is. But everybody. If you want to talk yeah. the talk, walk the walk. Be as advertised. Yeah. Absolutely. Whatever. And I'm not talking about roiding up. I'm talking about being right. truly fit. Yeah. So be fit. I dig it, man. That's good stuff. I couldn't agree more. The positivity thing, it's a real, you know, it sucks that, you know, it's almost like certain terms that like different um, have been overused. And so they've been kind of misunderstood and written off, you know, uh, diluted. And, and yeah, very diluted or weaponized. And so, no, so like the positivity thing, this is like a real, almost like a discipline that will contribute so much positivity to your life. Like it's a, you know, like even for me, like I can't let myself stay in a negative emotional state or anything like that too long because it actually impacts my creativity. It impacts the way that I interact with people. And and that person person I put you there, that your feeling isn't going to beat them. You're not doing anything to them. You're You're not solving the problem. Yeah. Drinking the poison, exactly. Don't yeah, drink man. the poison, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Right? <laughs> yeah, just drink, drink water. Just, just stay on water. water. Yeah, man, and, and, lots of it. And, and Jack and Diet. Don't forget the Jack and Diet. Yeah, yeah, and some Jack and Diet. That's what's up, man. <laughs> awesome, man. It's, it's been the final question. How would you like to be remembered? Ever. Honestly, it's going to be yeah. super cheap. I'm not even going to say it. Hey, no, really say it. It's good. if it's real, it's real, man. Not even gonna say it. Okay. That's a good person, I imagine. But I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. For whatever someone does remember me, if I leave mm-hmm. the industry, if if I uh, I don't know, get hit by a bus or something, I hope whatever they remember is positive. Either that I, I positively impacted them or positively impacted someone they know. That's really, uh, really hard. Uh, whatever it is, I want it to be positive, not negative. Mm-hmm. And if it's negative, because I'm, I'm not perfect and I'm no saint, if it is negative, I want them to learn from that negative uh, impression and not be like that themselves, right? So learn mm-hmm. from it. Yes. Um, and last thing, I'll, 
I want to talk about my book, Byron. Send it. Absolutely. I want to <laughs> talk about my book. Yes. There's yeah. something to remember you by. Ah, I see this. There we go. There it my is. book, Codename Nephew. Yeah. Um, Codename Nephew, it's, a, it's fiction, complete fiction, um, which I wrote. I started writing the book as a result of a childhood trauma, and I was just mm. working through it, mm-hmm. which I didn't see as a trauma, by the way. But in retrospect, I've been told it was. And, yeah. um, and it turned out to be a good story. So um, it's fiction. It's a good read. Good guy, bad guy. Did you read it? I have not read it yet. That's, <laughs> I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to read it. I'm going to get there. It's like, it's like a two-hour read, dude. It's a book written by security, dude. It's not, a, it's not yeah. a, an, an epic novel. It's not a six-week okay. read. It's like a oh, man, read. I'm going to get this done by, before and I see by the next time I see either. It's oh, good guy, bad guy, lots of art yeah. action, lots of real tradecraft, great okay. plot, um, yes. and um, it's pretty cool. Uh, and I don't make money from it, by the way. Uh, any money that I make from it, uh, I donate. This came today from Amazon. I don't yeah. know if you can see it. Right, so this is going to a, a, a PTSD foundation. All the proceeds of the book go to PTSD foundation. I don't make money from it. That's not why I didn't write it to make money. I wrote it to share a story about a fictional character. So wow. Codename Nephew, it's on Amazon as an ebook, a Kindle book, and it's on Amazon as a paperback, and it will not be coming out as an audio book because it's a book. <laughs> it's not a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's old school, man. He ain't giving us a lot. We're gonna have to earn it. We're gonna earn every page. <laughs> good to go. Good to know, man. I'm just gonna have to get it and back through it. Good to go, yeah. man. Well, I, 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 I'm I, that bit about the um, PTSD and and stuff. That's huge. So that's amazing. I just say thank you for that, and just for veterans, man. That's doing something big. I, I definitely have a. Uh, for everyone, all, all people, have, uh, many people, not only vets, many people mm. are suffering from PTSD. And uh, oh, yeah. tonight, actually, in, uh, in half an hour, we're starting our Memorial Day for Israel's fallen soldiers and for our victims of terror. So mm. uh, a lot of people are suffering around here from PTSD as well. It's all around us, uh, you know, oh, yeah. and it can be caused by even a car accident or something else. Really? So, you know. It's important. 100%. Well, Ever, it's been amazing. Um, it's been an honor, man. It's always, we, we, I feel like we always have such great conversations. It's always great to connect with you and learn from you. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. It's an honor. Thanks, Byron. Have a great day, man. Will do, brother. Boom. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what 
helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions. Yo, and before we go, you know I got a shout out to the sponsors, starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Grayman and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protected by nature and by trade. Out.